Hi, Internet. I'm Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Rob. And am I Rob. supposed to keep? And what? Can you not hear me? I can hear you, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. How's it going? It's all right. It's <laughs> so, okay. I'm uh, looking forward to possibly getting cast in a Star Wars movie. I mean, I am a ghost. <laughs> ghost I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm thinking I am a fan of Linda Lost. You know, I've been I've been supporting. I remember <laughs> when Prometheus came out uh, and yeah. he went on Instagram and he apologized. I was like, dude, man, this is when he didn't have a lot of followers, right? Oh, okay. And so I go, Hey man, I really enjoyed the movie. And he was like, you're too, you're too kind. Like, just don't. <laughs> just really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I, I actually thought was, it was good. But. Yeah, it was the one time I talked to him. And he was super not happy with him. So I don't know. I was I like, I never thought Alien was good because of the xenomorphs themselves. Some people. Yeah, I mean, look, what Prometheus what like, did do that I was really interested is it added all this lore and stuff that I thought was cool. Like, you know, the, the, sentinel-like dudes who create life and shit it's just for some reason man really scott thought it'd be great if he took out all the alien shit and that threw off people whether you agree with it or not it threw off audiences for no reason and since it was already there they may as well just kept it it didn't didn't do anything yeah julian um just asked lars is for sure lying right and thank you for being a channel member julian metallic is uh, lars i will say uh lars (laughs) Yeah, they should probably get ahead of this right now. Because if they don't get ahead of it right now, it's probably going to come out very, very soon. What are we talking about? Lars Mikkelsen is claiming he hasn't been offered Thrawn. Oh. Yeah, that's a lie. (laughs) It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. bullshit. Like, right now, if I had the permission... I'd love to pull the, pull the trigger on that and drop that. Shh, Jason, you're gonna get yourself yeah. in trouble. You're gonna get yourself in no, trouble. No, I know. I mean, since it's not, since they've said it's not true, <laughs> what I seen must be fake. <laughs> Therefore, I must yeah. be able to release it. Right. That's my thinking. Um, but yeah. So uh, I'm not promising that. Don't go on Reddit and say I promised that or something like that. But that's. I'd love to. Go on Reddit and say, I promise that. Just make just a, <laughs> the ghost promised you. Right. And he's, he's look from one blue alien to another, he he's definitely thrown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's funny. Um, by the way, uh and hey Meg. Um Meg Meg, I hope you're having a good day. Uh guess what, Meg? After we talked today, the the slate for Disney films hit an updated list, and I haven't really got to look at it yet. It happened as soon as I was about to go say hi to Rob. So let's look at what we got it's for twenty twenty three. We got Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Okay, whatever. Oh yeah, uh, right. Chevalier. Okay, okay. So to start movie. Yeah, it might be good. I don't know. I don't think about it though. Yeah, it'll probably um, be up for an Oscar. One of those movies you never hear about. Yeah, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I really kind of don't give a fuck. Uh, the Little Mermaid also kind of don't give a fuck. Uh, that one is funny to me though that a bunch of people that uh watched a cartoon about somebody literally changing their species, 
is mad that that the lady's black. It's like the fuck. Uh, The boogeyman. Okay. Uh, Elemental. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now that's the one I care about. That's the only movie I think I I care about. Believe that's a title. Uh, I mean, they're all kind of wacky until you see them, right? I I mean, anyways, the Marvel. (laughs) It's just. It just, I don't know, man. It feels like second tier LucasArts, like novels, not even like the game, like the novels based on a game, you know? Like, yeah. It's not, it's not growing on you at all. No, I wish it would, man. Look, I was the guy defending the Phantom Menace. I didn't even hate Attack of the Clones. They just, they just, you weren't fighting the clones. It didn't make any fucking sense when I saw the movie. I was like, it's weird. It's called the Clone no, Wars. It but... does. It makes no the the clones literally attack. They just don't attack. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just stupid. Attack. It's stupid. It's this is dumb. It's dumb. So, but this is just like it feels like something. Like I said, that feels like something Stan Lee would write in a bullpen in the back of the Marvel comic. You know, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Don't yeah. touch that <laughs> Dial of Destiny, true believers. <laughs> true believers. You know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. My my whole thing about it is like 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 Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is the official title for the for the yeah it wasn't library. what it was called like, whatever yeah Revision yeah and bullshit. it wasn't called a New Hope and and yeah. then, you know and yeah, it was Star called Wars. I love you and then she didn't love me anymore so fucking what things change okay no um do they <laughs> yeah they do. you're really um, you really but, look like a guy who got over something <laughs> right no but yeah. i mean my my only thing about it is like like uh last indiana jones in the last crusade is maybe the only one that doesn't necessarily have some sort of like scary tinge to it and like, then it invokes the crusades but yeah sure. well yeah that's a point of view right <laughs> <laughs> i mean we get down to it but like like, like as, a, as a child when i didn't know what the fuck the crusades were i thought it was indiana jones's last adventure the last crusade right that's that's what it's implying yeah. yeah it's a double meaning kind of it's a good title mm-hmm. but um and then like temple of doom you're like oh shit i want to go there do i sounds cool but it's like temple of doom and then, like, you, you get this one, Dial of Destiny. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, or, I mean, <laughs> the crystal skull. you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, that sounds freaky. You know what I mean, though? And then, like, Dial of Destiny, it's like, it re- reminds me of, like, of Dial Soap. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, a, a, a mom getting off work and having a, not a sexy, but a sensual bath. So I don't know if it really is a good title either. You know, I'm not, I'm not really in favor of it at this point. Um, anyways, yeah. the Marvels. Don't really care. Haunted Mansion, probably don't care. I'll see. Uh, a Haunting in Venice. I don't know what that is. Next Goal Wins. That's the, that's the Taika movie. Going through a lot of reshoots. Hope it's good. Uh, True Love, Wish, Untitled Disney is a... I'm going to assume that's not a Star Wars one since they denote one in Star Wars. I know that's dumb. It wouldn't be a Star Wars one. Um, Untitled Disney. This is the start of 2024. Elio and Disney Snow White. Okay. So it's like, then we got, wait, that's oh, Jesus. <laughs> Whatever Hold happened on. to 2025? Did they just skip that? No, it's right here. So 2025 is kind of weird because it's Fantastic Four, Untitled Disney, Untitled Disney, Avengers, The King Dynasty. So 
Untitled Disney, Untitled Pixar, Untitled Disney, Untitled Marvel. That's fascinating reading. And then Untitled Disney, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Disney Animation. They did, they note it's an animated one. And then 1219 is the one that it some fakers said was canceled. Uh, nope, there it is. I, I, I promise you guys, that movie, I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be the Lindelof one as well. Yeah, it's the Force but, Ghost Saga! Force Ghost it, Saga! It's been, it's been in development longer than than the people that don't pay attention or would be willing to admit and it was in it was being made before it leaked as well so it, this isn't a rushed thing i think that's going to be the next bullshit mike zero low tier level you know fucking i don't know what do you call those people um the people assholes the, the assholes <laughs> with the, not a lot of brain power in their heads that just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that I'm going to call them uncreative liars, you know? If you're going to lie, lie creatively. Make it cool, you know? Like, like make it super Uniform cool. Charlie Limas, yes. Yeah. yeah, you know? I mean, oh, man, it turns out... It it, 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 it turns out uh, Dave Filoni was writing Enemy Mind fan, fan fiction, and Kathleen Kennedy read it, and then she <laughs> thought that was his next Star Wars show, and she fired it. Yeah, I don't know. Try harder. But um, anyways, <laughs> so but right here, twelve nineteen twenty five, on titled Star Wars. So just in time for, for for Christmas, might be Hanukkah. I'm not sure, but right there in, in the in the holiday season, you're gonna have a Star Wars movie, and uh, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I really, really, really believe that one is is happening. And uh, whether it's good or it's bad, it's coming out. Um, but I think if it's bad, it's not because it was rushed this time. Hey, Jason, not... give me a sec. I got, I got to re-enter the stream. Give me a bit. All right. Okay. And then and then after that, when we get into 1226, or sorry, the year tw- the year 26, um, Untitled Disney, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Pixar, Untitled Disney, Disney, Avengers Secret Wars in May. Untitled Disney, Untitled Pixar, Untitled Disney, blah, 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 blah. And then all the way down, Rob's not here for it, but Avatar fucking four, bro. Avatar four. And then I thought there was, where's the other Avatar? Avatar four. Whatever, man. Avatar four in 2026. And uh, Rob won't be there. You know want to know why? Fake fan. But, um, yeah, and then. I could have sworn Lars was Swedish, but now he's Danish. Yeah, I wasn't sure where they were from. I'm just like, I don't know. They're from the land of Hannibal Lecters. That's what I say. From, But uh, look at the chat here. Am I missing anything right here? Whoa. Meg. I think, I think Meg is malfunctioning. Everybody, Meg says, Lair Donkashane. Uh, donkey show. I don't know what she's talking about. Let's let's just I'll just give it to her. I'll just give it to her. But uh, anyways, you can see that there is a Star Wars movie in 2025, and then when we get to the 2026 slate, there isn't one, which means that they're keeping that kind of Star Wars Avatar kind of like. Oh, someone said Avatar. Oh, oh hey, Avatar. Up, I love no, it. Was, was Avatar three on here? Did mm. I, oh yeah, it was on there. Hey Jace, I just want you to know I'm writing. I am writing enemy mind fan fiction. <laughs> I am. 
Yeah, it's going to be called instead of enemy mine, it's going to be called frenemy mine. Frenemy mine. Yeah, it's about mine. you and Kathleen Kennedy. Mm. Oh, you, how'd you know? Mm -hmm. You know me yeah. so well. You know me so well. I think I'm tripping out. But oh, I'm, I'm tripping yeah. out right now too. <laughs> okay, Avatar three is on the very bottom. It's Avatar three is twelve twenty twenty four. I so can't wait. I'm gonna get in line right now. Okay, bye. All right. Yeah, yeah. So just basically like five days before Christmas, right in that that week, right there, we get that that next Avatar. So and they're really uh they're really hoping that Blade movie hits that day, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it ain't it ain't hit that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it with Wesley Snipes? No, 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 no. It's with uh, Mahershala Ali. Or Marshall oh, Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, dude, it's the guy from, uh, well, he played the villain in the first season of the Luke Asia, but he did, he, Green Book. He won the Oscar for Green Book, man. He's super good at, they, he's so good, they killed his fucking character and that whole series went down. Like, <laughs> oh. like halfway through the first season, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think Daphne Keene is listening to Vogue right here. I thought that was Max. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Max? yeah. Max, if you're in the acolyte, you have to tell us. <laughs> yeah, why didn't she tell us? Yeah, so if you're a cop, you have to tell us. She doesn't have COVID. She's been filming the acolyte, just acting silly to get out of. Yeah. Nice try, Max. We figured it sense. out. All right, so this is from um, Best Hold on, I got to put on the Smiths in the background while you got this photo. Once no, we'll get demonetized again. <laughs> okay. um, Morrissey gets real fucking, <laughs> fucking litigious. Um, the name of Daphne Keene's character in Star Wars act like possibly re revealed. Now, see, I'm going to say in this one right here, BespinBulletin.com was very responsible and said possibly. But I'm going to just throw it out there before we get to the article. If this, if they're making up Star Wars names for the code names, we're in a whole fucking new realm of fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like. Classically, the code names are very much not Star Wars names. Right. They're referential to status and stuff like that. Blue so, Harvest. I, in fact, I, I'm going to say that there's there's a chance that Ara is the main character's actual name and not a code. Like for, the, for, for the main character. No, the main character of, of the series played by Amanda Stenberg when she was being cast, when the role was being cast, the part was for Ara. But it should also be noted at the same time that that casting was going out, all of the Willow stuff was out there too and um, being cast as well. And all of those names were ended up being real. So is what it is, you know. I mean, I know Willow's a little bit different, but it's the same company with the same policies and same procedures usually. So Usually. Yeah. So anyways, so we got, we got uh, Daphne Keene. So, and then, okay, so Bespin says, listen. Before we continue the article, I kindly ask you to consider showing your fucking support and a little fucking appreciation for the fucking work I do by fucking tipping me on my fucking Ko-Fi page or coffee page. I don't no, know. no. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you Professional. I, I don't. I haven't talked to him in a little, a few hours, but he had to take his car to the shop today. So if you're ever gonna go and ever gonna be nice to Mr. Mr. Bulletino. Now is the now is the uh, the uh, time to help Mr. Bullicino out and give him a coffee, because car payments in the UK, man, they ain't cheap. Right, they got that people bitch about about California and like our smog laws and shit. And I hear like the stuff that they have to do over there. It's like they have to do it every year, no matter what. 
shit like that. It's like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyways, Mr. Uh, Bulletino goes on to write, uh, or sorry, B- Bulletinowitz writes production on the live action Star Wars series, The Acolyte, is well underway and has been popping up across the United Kingdom since the tail end of October. Currently, the series is filming at Arborfield Green, located in Berkshire. He can't, this guy fucking loves Berkshire. You should move to Berkshire, dude. I think you're all about Berkshire. You ever notice that? It's always Berkshire with him. Um, mm. Not too far away from where production is primarily taking place, Shinfield Studios. Just last month, we got Berkshire, Berkshire. Marin County Shire, o- yeah. Oakland Shire. Yeah, they got, they got, yeah, they got all the same shit. Hobbit like, in the Shire. They the got whatever shit. we have. They just had Shire to it. You know how, like, in in Southern California, you had El Camino to everything. Right? Mm-hmm. It was El Camino, then the name. It's just it goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, Meg. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, Meg wrote a cultured poet once said. Taketh me down to the city of paradise, where the lawn be emerald and the bosom be ripe. Okay. Oh, me thinkest thou ought to bring me to thy slumber. So you know, take me down to the city of paradise, where the land be emerald and the bosom be ripe. <laughs> You're gonna shit yourself doing that voice, Jason. I put uh... <laughs> through my vocal cords. I can't stop. I suspect. Meg, Meg, Meg should do readings of the Shakespeare Star Wars, right? The Shakespeare <laughs> right. Star Wars, yeah. You've seen that book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should get I, Santa I, to do it. They actually sent it to me, and I opened it up, and I was just like, "Fucking nerds!" And I threw it across the room. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's what, it, that's what I was like, "Fucking nerds!" And then you I, invoked the ghost of William Shakespeare, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thou uh, summon a nerdeth, you know? Like, yes, I suppose I did. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, the series is filming at Airborne Field, located in Berkshire. Uh, just last month, we saw glimpses of various actors in the series in costume when scenes were being shot at the Brecon Be- Beacon Beacons National Park, located in South Wales. But one cast member was notably absent, Daphne Keen. Daphne is probably best known for starring in Logan alongside Hugh Jackman, where she played the character of X-23. It was like and 20 years ago. Is it X-23 or X-23? Does it matter? Hmm, I, does it matter? <laughs> am I going to get comments if I say like X-23? They're like, Actually, it's X-23. Actually, it's 1138, you fucking asshole. Spider-Man um, has a dash in his name. Uh, you know. Uh, Spider-Dash-Man. <laughs> I should they I wish just once someone in the movie would call it Spider-Dash-Man. Like, you know, Spider-Dash-Man. Spider-Dash-Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's what it's how it's in the paper and then you go to J. Jonah Jameson, he puts a dash in there just to fuck with him. You know, <laughs> Spider-Man wanted a one word, but Jonah added the dash just so people call him Spider-Dash. Uh, Spider-Man is hyphenating because he's gone woke. Uh, <laughs> in more recent years. Uh, has been the lead in the hero of HBO series His Dark Materials, aka Porno, which recently concluded its third season, but she'll soon be making a big ass splash in the Star Wars fandom when she appears in the Acolyte. Keen has been known or has been cast in a supportive role within the series, which is led by um, Amanda Stenberg, 
and recently revealed that the series will see the Sith infiltrate the Jedi Order. At least they're not penetrating it. You should have wrote penetrate. I think that it's not that hard to just show up in a brown robe and blend right in. Yeah, to be like, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, I I got got the force. Like, oh, that's cool. Come on in. Uh, We're having burritos for lunch. Jocasta New invited me to a reading of Shakespeare Star Wars. Yeah, (laughs) Jocasta New was only 17 at that time. She's really old. Um, It remains. She's got 80s hair. Maybe she's actually (laughs) Jocasta New. She's got 80s twisted sister hair. It remains to be seen if Keenan's character is on the side of good or evil, but thanks to her talent agency, we now know the name of her character. By the way, she's been a little bit leaky. A, a little little bit leaky, I think. Like she's kind of said some things. Like like her like description of the series was like more in depth. Remember that? Do you remember a couple of days ago? When yeah. she let, let out let out like what it was about and shit. It's like you need that you need to chill a little bit. But um, she probably dies, so she doesn't care. Uh, we just, but uh, also, was, was she in those pictures? I can't remember. There was like speculation if she was in those pictures. I don't know where that washed out. I uh, Jason, I, I can confirm that uh, Jocasta News' last name was actually Jocasta New Wave. Right. So she did have an '80s hair thing going when she was about 17. Yeah. 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 Want to trade some? Want to trade some Jocasta nudes? Oh, you've been hanging out with John Noel. You've been hanging out with John. Yeah, John Noel. He set me up with those back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right, I'm, I'm going to go get my cards. Hold on. Okay. Go make a sandcastle. Um, we just reminded ourselves. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a sandcastle. Hold on. I know you're a diabetic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just remind ourselves that the name of the talent agency uh, should could simply be a code name for the character, and I, I think this is due diligence because it could be right. It really could be a, a code for the character. Uh, highly fucking unlikely in this instance, though. I think Amanda Stenberg's character had the code name Ara when casting, and Lee Jung Jai Squid Game. I hope I'm saying that right. I've been saying it that way the whole time. I, I'm going to assume I never heard his name spoken out loud. Um, so anyway, well, you pronounce um, your last name as weird, so it's fair enough. weird, yeah. Um, um, f- funny, funny, um, not fully really funny story, but one time I was a friend of mine who I was walking home with from school got an after school detention, and um, I went with them, and she was like, You're not on the list, you're Jason Ward, aren't you? I'm like, No, she's all, Who are you? I'm all, I'm Jason Watto. This is like years before uh, Nancy yeah. Menace. And then when, when and then um, that became like my a joke name for me amongst my friends. And when when Phantom Menace was coming out, they're like, "Dude!" I was like, "I know, right?" <laughs> stupid, stupid story. <laughs> Anyways, um, Daphne Keen will play the character of Jackie. No, no, no! Mac. It's Jackie, right? Just like on Star Wars two two seven. Yeah, Jackie, bitch. Jackie, yeah. Love, love Jackie. <laughs> Jackie. I'm Jackie. <laughs> I'm Jackie Chan. I just want to put my hands all over you. Ah, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Sith Lord who has nine inch fingernails, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my Ladybugs. It's evil. Um, Ladybugs. Jackie. Jackie. Little Jackie. <laughs> little, little Jackie Thompson could uh, well be a code name. 
but at least to me, I can see that name being used in a galaxy far, far away at the House of Mouse because Star Wars is back. Um, the Acolyte. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just like of the opinion that that like Jackie does not have a code name vibe to it at all. Of all of the things we've ever had in, in the whole, you know, history of this of the stuff. This is one of the ones where I'm, I'm like the most sure it's not a code. Just based off of hearing it, though, just it's an opinion. But because, um, like I said, usually it's like in the past, it was like the original warrior. You know what I mean? The original warrior, like that was a code. Um, other code was Castro for Saw Guerrera, like Jackie. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm gonna Google Jackie really quickly because 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 I didn't do it. I didn't Google Jackie. And is Jackie a thing? Is is that like, is that like a thing that I don't know about? Jackie on Spotify. It's an it's an artist. Uh, it's a Jackie brand. Um, Jackie on Apple Music. So Jackie's a, a a musician or you know, some kind of music act of some kind. So eh, doubting. I doubt that it it doesn't look like it's very big either. Yeah. So it really doesn't. Yeah, so it's I'm like gonna just guess. a stupid word they made up. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. Jackie, little Jackie. All right, so it could be a code name. He says, I can see that name being used in Galaxy Far, Far Away. The Acolyte is set in the High Republic era and was created by Leslie Headland, Russian doll, and will follow a former Padawan, Stenberg, and her Jedi Master, Jung Jai, um, investigating a series of crimes which le- leads them to confront sinister forces. In addition to Stenberg, um, the series will also star Charlie Barnett, Russian Doll, Jody Turner-Smith, White Noise. Um, oh, wow. I watched White Noise. That was kind of terrible. I like the book. Why didn't I read it years ago? But I did not like the book. Nanny Jacinto is a good place. Rebecca Henderson, um, Inventing Anna, Dean Charles Chapman, and Carrie Ann Moss, The Matrix. <gasps> it's in 2024. So... And then he says, hey, thanks. You listen to my podcast called The Bob Podcast. And you could also um, buy him a fucking coffee if you want to. And um, Bestman did another article. And I realized after he, he did it that we already covered it. But um, about the Book of Boba Fett lead. And then we covered mm-hmm. it yesterday. So, yeah. But, you know, sounds sounds like like her name to me. So yeah, J- Jackie Rawlings says Meg. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, she's like, she's like droids. Droid, I don't want to get. In, I'm not gonna get into it. Um, From the turf, the turf system, the turf, the turf mm-hmm. wars, and yeah, the turf wars. Mm. <laughs> I doubt it's very big. Yeah, that's true. Um, Bespin needs his coffee. It's true, you guys. He does need his coffee. And uh, if he doesn't get it, he won't wake up. If he doesn't wake up, he won't write the news. And if he doesn't write the news, he doesn't produce the show. If he doesn't produce the show, what are we going to do? All of reality will crumble like the photograph in Back to the Future. Oh, It'll shit. Just, well, just fade away if he doesn't write the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's that's like the so far. Um, <laughs> Reddit said release the pics or it didn't happen. Right. Right. I. I, I, I think at this point in time, um, I've proven myself enough. I'm a little bit beyond pixel. Then, then it didn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they got you, Jason. Ooh, <laughs> I know. I just released stuff from it like last week. Uh, actually, was a pick. I think I'm the last person to release an actual pick. So, uh, but I would love to, though. You know what I mean? Like, it would be. Yeah, it would be really, fun. Only thing about it really is the people who are connected to it shit their pants or not. You know? we're, we're really we're really trying to get Reddit's approval around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do if they don't believe us? Oh I no! Know. It's like it's like it's almost like if I did that, they would just move the goalpost again and oh, say, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. you know, not not a lot of incentivizing to to go about with their um, takes on things. Um, Star Wars makes us actually, Jason. Arborfield Green is pronounced oi 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 come on you slags. <laughs> that sounds right. But yeah, so well, why why does why does Rob's force spirit need a mask? Force herpes. It's airborne. When you when you get a yeah, when you when you become a force ghost, force herpes is something you got to avoid cuz it's airborne in the, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the yeah. Sorry. I, I don't want it. So I, I remember as a as a kid watching Ice Pirates, and there was there was space herpes that were like little critters that ran around like guinea pigs. I want to say from memory, it's been a long time. And then I remember my mom talking shit on some girl and saying she has herpes, and I I thought like, oh shit, she has like like little gerbils running around her house or something. So, and then uh. Star Wars Santa says, Star Wars make remember Slimer and Ghostbusters. Rob's af- afraid he'll get slimed. Laugh out loud. Yeah. Ghost herpes. Yeah. Jason's yeah. oozing leaks, so that makes sense. I don't know if I'm oozing le- leaks at, at this week. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I appreciate the confidence. He makes the squishy sound when he adjusts his seat. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was walking in the rain. <laughs> Come walking in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I I can't get that George Lucas making sandcastles with Steven Spielberg out of my head. You and every other article, it's you know, it, but, it's so yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah, like the idea of these like grown men who like make like Star Wars things and stuff like that. Like the really like it's such a fucking dumb myth. Like I'm not saying they didn't have a like they like they weren't just like sitting around in the sand fucking around. But the idea that they like built the sandcastle and like said this thing and like if it's there tomorrow, like it's so fucking fake. Like yeah, there's they, just they no- were probably just getting high and they remember sandcastles. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. it's code, you know, you know, <laughs> like it's the seventies, yeah. dude. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um I, I, I'm I'm as Charlie Brown as it gets. And I wouldn't be making sandcastles on the beach. I'd be sitting there being like, fucking, I'd stare at the water, wondering what's going to happen in my life. You know, when do I have to go back to working on documentaries for, you know, bullshit fucking pride? I don't know, you know, but (laughs) come on, man, stop with this. That's why, that's why when you read the article, I'm like, they're going to go to the sandcastles, aren't they? Aren't they? And then they did. Yeah, it was kind of funny because I knew that article had, a bunch of fluff in it but i didn't know to what degree and i was like well we'll just check it out on the show and like see what's in it and then as i was looking as we read it i was just like oh my god this is fucking terrible well that's their narrative they put that out and i know rinsler put it in yeah. his book and everything but i it's like that still comes from them so like 
I the, the, the most human I've ever read <clears throat> Lucas and, and them being portrayed is in Paul Hirsch's book mm-hmm. when he's just like, you know, going to dinner and he meets the Lucases and like the way he describes them, they they sound more human than how we get, you know, like Jim Henson ain't going on the beach and making sandcastles when Labyrinth doesn't do well, you know, like <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just I feel like there's some kayfabe to all that bullshit, you know, like because yeah. they they made they maybe they moved some sand around and that became a more endearing story than it really was. They were really drunk as shit on pina coladas, you know, or high as fuck on mushrooms, and then they were they were seeing sandcastles and sea monkeys, and they were watching Marty, you know, Marty Croft sitting Marty Croft fucking shows all morning. I wish they were that fun. I don't I don't think they were that fun. I don't, uh, Spielberg seems like he was kind of just like a big dork. But that's true. You know, I don't know. But, hey, but man, I, you knew how to you knew how you knew how to fuck around. Like <laughs> no. you, you see that that um John Williams isn't retiring now. Oh yeah, he bought Twitter and then decided he wasn't gonna quit. But John Williams didn't buy Twitter. Oh he didn't? Oh. No. no. That, okay. Reddit no. lied to me. He's basically like like selling this idea that he's not retiring because he's because Spielberg told them not to because Spielberg needs him to score his movies, and then they're like, okay, so he's like gonna gonna continue to do it. And then remember, John Williams leaked that Harrison Ford was gonna retire, and then we get Harrison Ford being all teary eyed. Now Harrison Ford's in all these Marvel films. So my theory well, he's is he's in a so Marvel fun. film like that. Well, he's I think he's signed on to more than one, hasn't he? Into that series, he's in Thunderbolts. But... Yeah, right. bolts plural. Um, nope. <laughs> um, okay, but, James uh, Cameron. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I have a theory that that they just don't want to retire retire and build sandcastles with George Lucas. I think it makes sense. Yeah. So I, I look, man, I love John Williams, but I haven't exactly been excited for any of his Star Wars music since the Phantom Menace. So, like, or yeah, yeah Revenge of the Sith. I enjoy the score. I just don't enjoy the music in the movie. But whatever. You know. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, same thing with Spielberg. Like Spielberg should have retired with the Fablemans. Well, because oh so yeah, I, with Fablemans, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's a good movie for what it is. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit like it's a kind of an Oscar polish job, you know, when you get down to it. But when you look at like the last twenty years of Steven Spielberg movies, like kind of like you know they catch me if you can a lot. After that. My kind of a whatever, you know, about him. Um, yeah, same with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Sure, they made it. No, get the fuck out of here. Everybody loves Crystal Skull. People love you just it. said after Catch Me If You Can, it didn't matter. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, is after Indiana Catch Jones, Me If You Can. The exception to the rule. Talking no, about, no, 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 no. You, you forgot your timeline. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't pretend like 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 Crystal Skull and like Ready but You said it. Are, are you. Jason, okay. you said then, it. Then, then I corrected myself. Oh. But it's it's like like Ready Fucking Player One. Like you watch that movie, and you're like, "This is Steven Spielberg." Like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, it's it a felt bit more fun. like Robert Zemeckis. That's what's weird about that movie. But no, because that's Robert. They could fully CG CGI right. guys and shit. It's got the Back to the Future in there. Yeah, it just, it but just, it wasn't a Spielberg movie. It felt more like a Zemeckis film. Yeah, it just it doesn't really like I don't know. It just, it just doesn't have that like that magic to it that Spielberg sometimes has or used to have. So yeah, I'm like kind of like where like the first, you know, the first decade and a half of Spielberg stuff I'm really into. After that, well, it's it's like very few and far between, you know. 
Lucas yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I was listening to uh, Quentin Tarantino's latest episode of the Video Archives last night. <laughs> they were him and Roger Avery were getting a discussion about um, who the director Sergio that not Leona the other guy that the director like Django, um, the original Django and stuff. Right? Oh, oh, the guy who everybody thought was Sergio Leone but wasn't. Yeah, it's the other Sergio. Yeah, they worked together. They were they both got yeah. famous off a movie doing this the 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 the, the action uh, coordination. But that's what the what the, the 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 Leonardo DiCaprio character thinks he's like going to make yes. a movie with Sergio Leone. Yeah. They mentioned this the uh, the director in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when when uh, Pacino's character says uh, he's the second greatest to Italian Western director. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Anyway. They were saying because he had made so many films, like you only get to a point of like making like perfect, like technically perfect films after 30 of them, right? Like, uh-huh. and they were like the only director they could think of is like that could, at, in our modern time, that can do that is Spielberg. Like, even if you don't like his films, they're exceptionally well made. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't, like, no one's, he's not making incompetent films. It's just whether you're interested there. I, I also say after 30 films, you're not getting too excited by someone's output. You know what I mean? Like it, there is something to be said for reserving, you know, like, oh, he's got a new movie. It's been a while. I wonder what he's going to do. But if there's something every year, I mean, he's got as many films in his catalog as there are Marvel movies. Right. So, like, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's I, like it's always good when he when he like like I wasn't crazy about um, what's the musical he just did. Uh, West Side Story. I tried watching it wasn't super excited for it but i was at least like well that's at least outside of the general comfort zone yeah. but also i tried I'm watching it but the minute they start singing i'm like i'm out i can't yeah it's not my thing i tried yeah Sandra remembers when um i when meg saw me standing by the bb8 cut out at the theater and meg says he swore he was taking a picture but he was sweating i had a look of guilt and shame on his face you know, I like those little BBs. I don't care if I don't care if they're even as long as there's two of them. You know what I mean? So, but um, and then as the truth says, just just rewatched Rogue One for the first time in several years. Much better seeing it again following Kenobi and Andor. Need Andor season two now. By the way, so I think was it in Meg's video or did Meg just share it on social media? I can't remember. But she shared this like video, and it was like of a someone saying that the Andor theme is in um, Rogue One, and I listened to it. I'm not sold on it. I'm not. I mean, I I think it's like I think there's like that similarity. I think it's a coincidence though, and it's like when you like look at the tempo and stuff. If also, they use the theme, they would have they had have, to credit Giacchino in the credits. Right? So and they don't. So it's not. Yeah, yeah, they have I, to, but the way the the mu- music and all that shit works out, it's not it's not a choice. Yeah, yeah I think that's it, why on Kenobi you get theme by John Williams and then music by whoever the fuck did that. I forget Nat, what's her face. I'm sorry, I Holt was a Holt? Holt. Yeah, Natalie Holt. Natalie Holt. Steve Holt. Sorry, Natalie Holt. Yeah. Natalie Holt. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's not. It's not. It's just a coincidence, right? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like when it comes to like Williams' stuff, um. Like Ray Ray's theme is is really really good. The prequel soundtracks are really good. My only thing about his stuff is the stuff that he did that he did like like his like like Helena's theme for Indiana Jones right now. 
Like it's it's technically good. If it was somebody, if it wasn't Williams, I'd be like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, but, but if he was firing good. on on John Williams fucking levels, what's Kylo yeah. Ren's what's sort of the Knights of Ren's theme? What's the first order's theme? You know what I mean? What's the resistance theme? There is none. There is no first order. No, there you is can't remember it. One, it doesn't but it's it's so close to the Trade Federation theme. Yeah. It just that it's like you know Yeah, you can't people. it's not so you can say I enjoy it. Great, you enjoy it. Hey, yeah. when I listen to the score in, in Avatar 2 by by Simon Fangren, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's not it's not James Horner though. Like it's not mm-hmm. anywhere near James Horner, you know. Fucking after Willow, I'm like, yeah, where's James Horner? Where you at, bud? How did mm-hmm. James Horner die? Was it a helicopter crash? Plane crash. Plane crash. It was really sad and unnecessary. I mean, yeah, I'll never get into private plane. Dude. My buddy that I grew, one of my my close friends like, since the second or third grade man like yeah you know we lost touch for a little bit and then we got back in touch he's like and we he was like we got we, we became friends over airplanes right like you know f-16s and f-14s you know 80s kids yeah talk when i got that. yeah when i met back up with him he's like yeah i got my pilot's license i'm like no shit so he was <laughs> telling me yeah i'm up there flying and this fucking parachute almost hit his plane wow. <laughs> like this, they're supposed to not skydive out of certain areas but this dude just happened to be in the area and yeah. almost, he almost went right through him, you know? <laughs> like, Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, Carl in Chaos. Um, I'll put this one up, Jason. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I remember Kylo Ren and, and Ray's name. Yeah, and I'm going to say that if we if we put that in front of someone in a Schmodown-like environment to hum it, they couldn't. Oh, that's not fair. The Schmodown people are weird. So, um, and? And? Yeah, and? Know. You're I mean, jealous. I, 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 no, I, you, you, I, you I, had your I, shot and you, you blew no, it. I think if I, if I, <laughs> if I hummed the Undertaker's theme song at a Schmodown, like they, they would know what, what, what it was. Oh, so it's like, my Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying wrestling guys and Star Wars guys. The Kid and, Rock theme or the 90s theme? Like, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, I never, like, I don't have like a problem with the Schmodown thing or anything like that. Just that whole like nerd competition thing. It's just always like, ugh, you know. Here's what I think with those kinds of competitions. The problem isn't that they're a competition. I just think like you shouldn't be allowed to study or prep for it, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think they should be incredibly difficult and esoteric questions. I think there should be the game portion where, hey, if I don't get it, there's a penalty, and if I do, there's a little bit of chance because when it becomes like who knows the most, these poor people. I I I was talking to some cats. They were like. They were like stressing. They had to like watch all these movies and remember every yeah. fucking thing. And I'm like, that's not. It should be about kind of what you know, you know, versus mm-hmm. you going out to know everything. Like it's so when it becomes like you have to like Jeopardy. I don't want Jeopardy. I want it more like Double Dare. Like the thing the Schmodown should have done is keep the answers simple, but add the physical challenge. Physical right. Challenge. So if I don't know it, the physical challenge just eliminates half the you don't, I don't have to worry about knowing this I can just take the physical challenge yeah you just like you stick know? your hands up a big nose and pull out a flag and be like god damn right r a big finstock nose comes out it's got a big fake beard mask and shit yeah let's do that yeah 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 I don't know like I I, I saw them <laughs> I, I saw it on YouTube one time and I was like watching it and I was just like yeah so what you, t- you know I mean, like I said, you're telling I, me if people enjoy it, I'm not knocking it. It's just not for, wasn't for me. You know what I mean? 
You telling me you wouldn't want to see Jeff Snyder have to climb the chocolate slide? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. But <laughs> and, then, like, and then you're sending him super chats and asking him questions about Star Wars while he's doing it. <laughs> but, but it's like that guy's like super clear. Like, I don't care about Star Wars. I don't like it. I don't, you know what I mean? He doesn't, it's not his thing. He's like, he wants to watch Fox Searchlight movies. That's fine. No, you know what I mean? That's cool. Go ahead, dude. Enjoy your life. But it's like those people, they don't care about that shit. Um, as the truth says, people say Cal's theme was an Andor or something, just similar. Speaking of which, both um, Stephen Barton and uh, Gordy Hobb both like tweets saying they're composing Jedi Survivor again. So confirms that. Yeah, I would I would imagine if you're liking it, uh, you are, you know. Um, by the way, uh, side Indiana Jones note I forgot to bring up. Um, one of the Russo brothers, you know, the Marvel guys. I mm -hmm. think I'm pretty sure it's a real Russo brother Twitter, but it wasn't verified. So I was like, but it seemed like everybody was treating it as if it was really him. And for some time. So I assume it is one of the Russo brothers and uh, retweeted that picture of uh, the short round poster of the short oh, round. I saw that. I, I thought that was a fake Russo account, but was that a fake Russo account? Because yeah, I follow a few different Russos. I'll go look. You, yeah, you keep up the story. People were really acting like it was. And then he retweeted it and said, like, when Disney or whatever. And then somebody went and made an article about it. Somebody responded to him saying that's a poorly researched article, which might have been because it was fake. But then he said, hey, if I get to make it, that's great. And I was like, fuck, is that really like a Russo brother, like, like, like pushing that forward or not? Because with, with Twitter's current verification system of the last couple of years, there's a chance he's just not verified. You know, they like took it away around the 2020 uh, era of the election because of fake people who got verified using fake credentials and stuff. And so, but I don't know if that was, if that was real though, uh, I like that it, that it, that it's getting around through Disney. If it's true, if it's accurate, but it might not be, like I said, there was a lot of flags. And I didn't have a lot of time to put towards it. I just kind of saw it yesterday, and um, I think I I think I was wondering if Best and Bulletin knew, and I sent him the picture. Yeah, so it was uh, Joe Russo tweets. That's that's the one that that did it. Joe Russo tweets. So there's a chance he said, "Hey, if poorly researched article is what gets the movie made, I'll take it." And then, and then somebody that somebody said that to him, and he said, "Me too, especially if I get to make it." And it's so it's like, is that Joe Russo? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that the Joe Russo side of things is out, outside of my uh, purview. It's a Marvel thing, and um, you guys need to tell me if it's accurate or not. Well, the artist who did it is Ryan Manda, and yeah, he uh, followed me on Twitter yesterday. I was like, Ryan Manda should be hired to go do some real legit fucking work for them because that's the kind of stuff we need more from with these so-called posters we're getting all the time from Lucasfilm. Yeah, I, I I think when I think that like how you market a modern movie and how you should market a Star Wars movie aren't the same because Correct. when a modern movie comes into being, it is inherently brought into the era in which it was created but star wars is 40 years old and you want it to evoke both i'd be okay with them doing both kinds of posts. like if every single release had a vintage style poster 
like a throwbacky kind of one and a modern one, I think that would that would that would be the way to go. Hundred percent. You know, that's the answer. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and I, I know Drew Struzan is retired and wants to en- enjoy his his golden years. So don't bother him, but get somebody who's like him. Somebody, there's, I mean, not the only artist in the fucking world. There's, you know, lots of people who could be. Jason, he's not the only stuff. paint pig in the world. Get it right. Right. And that that was my other idea is maybe we could just fire all the artists and just use AI, AI art instead that could just sample Jason's <laughs> work. And that's like he did it. Short round and the six fingers. Right of <laughs> destiny, right? Short <laughs> round in the slightly melting face, but you kind of tell it's him. Yeah, six fingers of destiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Is that dial a dial or kind of a hexagon? I don't know what it is. But um Junior Jingle says James Horner was under the influence of Vicodin, unfortunately, while he was flying his oh, plane. That's oh fuck, that's partying hard though. I could like do some Vicodin and fly. Imagine the fucking music going on in his head at the time, you know? That fucking Willow theme is probably, probably right like the second Willow theme. But yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Was he the only one who died? If he's the only one who died, I'm like, uh, well, you know, that was not a good idea, but at least it was only he was the only one he took down with him. Uh, Greenfield said at making Star Wars is Lars Mikkelsen playing, pulling an Andrew Garfield on us with claims that he's not been called back to play Thrawn in the Ahsoka series. I believe that is the case. Like um, to such a degree that if he's not Thrawn, if that guy is not Thrawn, then Lucasfilm is for the very first time pulling a true misinformation campaign, which they've never done before. So I'm looking at the IMD. I am Wikipedia is only so accurate, but it's pretty detailed on the, on the situation. You know, it's got a pretty detailed and sourced with the info for James Horner's death, but yeah, yeah, he was the only person in the plane. He couldn't clear the landing Mm. and they did determine that he had been taking prescriptions for pain relief and headaches uh, butylbital, codeine, and ethanol were in his body. Although ethanol may be produced by microbial activity after death, so I don't know. I mean, he might. Yeah, he was taking some kind of painkiller when he was flying. Yeah, for whatever reason, which you know. Yeah, come on, Vicodin's pretty fun. So it's probably it's pretty fun. It takes the bike and fly around in an airplane, and it probably did it a lot of times, and it worked out. Crying fucking shame is it didn't yeah. work out, you know. That that's that's the thing about fucking around with drugs and stuff like that, is it's it's cool until it doesn't work out, you know. So I you, you can't do it, shouldn't do it if you want to live. Breaks your heart, no. but yeah. And, and now he fucked up Willow, and now he fucked up Avatar. It worked, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Jeez. Don't do drugs. He did. It's his fault. It's his fucking fault. Metallica's Jeez. not in Willow if he's around. We fucking know Jason, this, man. You're, you're, Santa's going to take you off the good list, and you're only you're not <laughs> even one month into the year, you know? Like, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, when I get to hell, I'm going to punch him right in the face. He's gonna be like, what was that for? I'm going to be like, fucking Willow and Avatar 2. And he'll be like, all right, that's fair. But uh, I blame, look, this is the thing where, like, I don't know, man. I, I really wish Cameron had brought on you know, Silvestri or Hans Zimmer or somebody. I just, it's the one thing about the movie. That I'm like the music, say what you want about the music of Terminator one and two, Brad Fidel, but the music in the film does enhance scenes. Yeah. Right. Like you get a scene in the first Terminator movie, the music is enhancing. No, 
it's the, on. The, the terror, the dread, or the love, or the the music yeah. in Avatar two uh, outside of the Horner bits, it's it's there and it's fine, but it's it's rarely enhancing. Rarely, I'm not saying sometimes it doesn't, but the one I really think about is again when they're underwater, when they're trying to save the big whale, right? The, and, yeah. and those like crab uh, submarines come Brandon out. Brandon Fraser, Brandon Fraser. Yeah, when they're trying to save Brandon Fraser, and uh, come on, Jason, but in those little crab submarines, and it just the music in that scene, it's just it's milk toast. It's just yeah. like, and you he know, was, um, and I've heard him in an interview describe. He's like, "Well, I wanted to sound like breathing," and I'm like, "Don't, don't. Whatever you're doing, it's not a good take." You know, so. the uh, score for Avatar two, I never listened to it outside of the the film. I saw the movie twice, and it's it's a lot like a good video game score that's what i would give right it. That's not a, that's like not a, a good star wars video game where they just kind of take know. the williams themes and work it around a bit a few bits yeah it doesn't odd it thing does, about it is i wasn't a fan of the 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 lyrical song of the first film that was my only gripe i was like i don't really care for trying to do another celine dion type thing with avatar yeah. you know but in avatar 2 the the lyrical song that plays at the end with the, the whale footage. I actually like that more than the actual score. Now I'm like, look at that at inverse. Right. I think that that's a better bit of music than the actual score, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the crawling chaos says, Alexa, make a vintage star Wars poster. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Though. But um, yeah, in my head right now, I was just imagining taking that movie, the, the whale, with Brendan Fraser, and then, you know, I, I've never seen it, but you know, like how he gets like really fat, and if they have like flashbacks to like when he wasn't fat, then you could like take the footage of him wheezing the, the juice, and then like blame <laughs> it all on Polly Shore. Oh, <laughs> Come on, it's funny. Um, hey, Lobo, nothing can ruin music more than the lyrics, except for the power of love, because you ain't got money, you ain't got fame. You know. Look, I agree with music you, Lobo. However. Huh? One of the first things ever put on YouTube was Batman the Musical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they took it's a Danny Elfman theme, and the lyrics that were added to that was you know that no, it's you killed my parents, and it's so fucking good. I'm like, that's all I hear now. You killed my, you killed my parents, and now I'm. I can forget yeah. what else, but it's you kill my parents. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that thing was good. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I, I, I am with you though, Lobo. Like usually it doesn't work. And there's a few times when it does work. Like Party Man. Fuck. That's, that gets me going every time in Batman. That's a good one. And Back to the Future. Um, but usually it's, it is bad. Usually you don't want to, usually you just want to score that really sets in with the, with the characters as opposed to, Hey, we're having fun now, you know, like even um, the, the time in a movie that I love where I don't like it is like the original Bill and Ted film. Like some of the music in the original Bill and Ted film is fucking awful. And it's just like, uh, like the opening credits music and some of the, some other parts. It's like, it has yeah, layers. it's almost like straight to video. It was thorough. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. bad music when it came out. It was like really cheap. And the Avatar score isn't that. It's just not. It's just. I, I just think, like, look, it's if you're spending fucking $400 million on a movie, get the best of everybody, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm sorry, but Simon Fangren is a theme park guy, and it sounds like theme park music. Like, yeah, that's it's just it's just you know, like that's it. I just you're not at the same level as the the big leaguers. I'm I'm sorry, but yeah, it'd be good. like don't don't don't. If I'm working on some, I mean, if if how do I say this? If fucking Jim Lee or Tom McFarlane are drawing a book, don't replace them with me. That's not a good call. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day, like, what if we took uh, John Lennon off of a Beatles song and put me instead? Yeah. Yeah, you'll fill in. You'll fill in. Yeah, you know. It's fucking even. It's even. Um, Yeah, get Jack uh, Black. (laughs) Crawling Chaos says, same can be said about Star Wars movies. Can be ruined by bad dialogue easily. Yeah, I find that actually, like, like, kind of interesting is that, when you listen to or when you watch the movies over and over again, the bad dialogue almost becomes lyrical. You know, like there's a saying in music, like especially like pop music, that repetition legitimizes. So like, for instance, Chuck Berry, when he was like playing a fucking song, if he fucked up, uh, he'd be like, I didn't, people would call him on it. He'd be like, I didn't fuck up. Chuck Berry just played it that way. But you know what Chuck Berry would do? When he would fuck up, he would fuck it up again the same way. So if he's like playing like Same a solo, with jokes, you know, and, and then, yeah, and then right. yeah, repetition legitimizes, and like it's like kind of like the same thing with like the uh, prequels for, for me in the sense that I watch them so many times, it's like yeah, it's bad. If, if you make but, up a fucked up prequel, you make two more just to make it make up two more right, and the right? repetition. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. You um, just keep repeating that same mistake for about five years, and people will buy into it. No, but that's what I would actually give the prequels is that if the delivery is very standard. Like, it's like you don't really get, like, super good delivery. And then it's not like you're, you're having, like, Force Awakens-style delivery it, and then it, Phantom Menace delivery. Except like in the, same movie. It's, except it's the actors in these movies, Jason, at the time, had just, like, were winning Oscars or getting nominated for Oscars. I mean, like, Sam Jackson just came off Jackie Brown. And, and you know, Liam Neeson mm-hmm. came off Rob, Rob Roy. I mean, <laughs> Schindler's List. How about Schindler's I mean, like... <laughs> You know, uh, Padme came off the the the, the professional. The she didn't really talk much. Oh but, no, you know, no, sorry. You know, <laughs> and uh, trains uh, and train spotting with Ewan and shit. So like, yeah. the all these people just came off things where they were acting, and then mm-hmm. you know, you get into that. Yeah, film and, and, that, and that's and, and that's that's what I find the most interesting about it is that it's like to some extent. I'm not saying it was the right call and we should like applaud it or anything like that. But it, to, to some extent it is so consistent and the uh, same that it's like they were told to do it that way. They, those oh, act- that is the of, director's fault. Yeah. All of those actors didn't just start, I don't think delivering that dialogue exactly like that in, in those movies. And it, it, but it is consistent. And that's, that's the one thing I, that's the one reason why I think it works for me. Um, or why it does, because I just go, okay, you know, this is how this movie's delivering, de- delivering its dialogue. Uh, and it, you know, it's it like is Othello. It is. Remember, remember but, Lucas with that one? Yeah, I, I get what he meant by that, but it, was a, it wasn't a good, you know, kind of sold the wrong idea. Um, you're calling chaos says, I don't ask for much, but people in the OT sounded down to earth. The prequel sounded like George trying to do Shakespeare. And yeah, you kept saying he Othello. would. That's what I'm saying. Like before mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace came out, I was telling everyone these are more like Othello. Yeah, it's more like yeah. Othello. Yeah, and I'm just like fucking. 
Man. But, <laughs> but the uh, the uh, a thing for for me is the original trilogy. I don't I for me I disagree that they sounded more down to earth. I think it's that it, the personalities of Hamill, Fisher, and Ford are so like strong. Char- yeah, and then that, and they are, their personalities are the characters. It. Yeah, it out, yeah, their their charisma outshined it. Is what it yeah. comes down to. And none like, of the Fisher. actors in the prequels their personalities are becoming those characters. Like they're trying, I mean, Ewan's got a personality, but he's trying to like invoke Alec Guinness at some points and then do this Shakespeare. It just doesn't, I don't know. It feels weird. Look, well, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and fucking spend an hour talking about why it doesn't work, but like, <clears throat> no. but why um, does it work when it does? And it's like, I think Ford and Fisher and Hamill knew that they were in something big at the time, but didn't know what it was. So they were able to believe in it, but not get like, not get consumed by it they believed in it though and i think that like when you by the time you get to star to the like phantom menace those people know they're in like a cultural phenomenon and they're delivering that stuff and they just don't seem very comfortable in their skin about it and i think that's like the big difference and then because also i would say the sequel trilogy acting or the disney era acting is completely different than the other ones too like look it's, a, it's been... a, a director's job is to get performances period like yeah that's it you know like all that other shit the special effects that's second ad work first mm-hmm. ad second ad you know all that other shit is your job is to work with the lead actors to get performances george was not interested in getting performances it is strange that george lucas is direct thus he should have been doing first ad and second ad and the main director should have been getting performances Mm-hmm. And he could have just been sort of supervising in that way. But he should have had a Rick McCallum that was a director. Oh, Ron Howard. Was, you know, and then they, they yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Ron 1990... Howard, Robert Zemeckis, they all turned it down. They didn't, I know, but that's that's who should have been making those films at that time, really. That, that, that is my, my, my final dream for Spielberg, though, would be that he directs the Star Wars before he, before he fucks off. Just, just want to know. He's just would love to see though. it. Like I don't see. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, it, I would rather I would rather it be Spielberg than a Ron Howard. You know, if would we're gonna... you be fine with an episode of like The Mandalorian, like the last episode, of Steven Spielberg? Like... Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I would love I would still love to see a Robert Zemeckis. I'd still love to see a Robert Zemeckis and a Frank Darabont and a and another Ron Howard. Go. <laughs> I would like to see. I feel bad for Ron Howard. Working with Lucasfilm and always having a failure because I don't think it's I think he does good stuff. I just think he hasn't been on the right thing, you know, at the right yeah. time. And uh, so it would be it would be kind of nice if he yeah. if he got to actually you know conceive something uh, a little bit earlier on than coming in. Like I think with Willow, uh, Willow was actually really well done. But the thing about Willow is I don't think it was it's really like him just doing what George also wants at that time. Ron Howard was was new to power um, in terms of directorial power. He was still like, he had had c- Cocoon, and before Cocoon, he, he couldn't get arrested. He was just doing whatever, whatever anybody said. And then, um, but, you know, you got to work with George Lucas at that point. I think George had a lot of power over that film. So you I... Think, I mm-hmm. You think if Ron Howard took over Boba Fett season two, he'd just be getting healed by rocks instead of the back to tanks? Like... He'd just be crawling into a pool. <laughs> I don't know. You think, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just can't, when you say that, I just can't get past the, the idea that how bad Ron Howard would be for a Boba Fett 
one. You know what I mean? No, they, Boba Fett needs to be John Wick in Star like, Wars. They, they need like, to get some motherfucker who puts well, like even, badass fight scenes every episode. Like, like Ron Howard being Hans doing the Han Solo one. Like Ron Howard's so much more optimistic um, of a filmmaker, I feel like. You know what I mean? That like, like, if I had my way with Boba yeah. Fett season two, I'd get Steven tonight. Like the guy that put together Daredevil, the series. Okay. Right? And he did Spartacus before that. Like, well, that's I, I like, who I worked I like Spartacus when it started. Yeah. Yeah, man. That Daredevil fucking is amazing. If you haven't watched the Daredevil series, bro, all three seasons, fucking brilliant. So, like, he, you know, he knows how to work within. He could, he could do PG 13. He could tone it back, you know, but he gets boots on the ground combat, you yeah. know? And Boa Fett needs to be boots on the ground combat, you know? Yeah. Colin Chaos says, agreed. I don't disagree with most of George's story, just the way some of the things are said. If only they had written the line differently, I would have been happy. Yeah. I mean, and like, like I'm, I'm ultimately am happy, like with what they are. I'm, I accept them for, for what they are. They're fucking weird. You know, that's, I think, that's what I think it's also fair to say, you know, forget what we're saying now. Let's just go back to what people were saying in 1999. People were complaining about the dialogue, and these are people who were who were loving Independence Day and Armageddon. So, like, it's not like audiences were being fickle about it. It's just when when you look at personality acting in an Armageddon movie or Independence Day, and then you get Star Wars, which has been known for a big, raucous special effects adventure, and everyone's trying to speak in this stilted, you know, pseudo like transatlantic uh yeah you know, 1940s like, thing yeah and, and you're just like it just people were like what is this it didn't you know and, and you could say well i didn't mind because i was eight well fuck i didn't i like condor man when yeah. i was eight that's not exactly a superhero movie i'd put in front of people as the bar, the bar like, like george lucas had a window of being culturally relevant to his likes to his nostalgia by the time you get to us being like early 20s late teens uh his stuff had expired you know what i mean like yeah. american graffiti in a new hope that's his window of relevancy <clears throat> and that's when he was still working with actors like really american graffiti with 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 the new hope he's like kind of fighting actors in a way like if you see how they're kind of always antagonizing george on set and shit you know like it's yeah. more it's more antagonistic and then it gets more antagonistic for him as it goes on yeah. i think american graffiti and THX 1138 was the last time he was like a, a, a filmmaker on the ground with an actor getting a performance in a documentary style. The yeah. minute he starts trying to do like, this is a stage and a scene, that's not what he does. You know, it's odd to me. Like how, like, I don't know why that changed for him. You know, I don't understand the, the, the thinking there. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I do wish that I mean, there, imagine had, had George had just shot The Phantom Menace more like American Graffiti and less like it's a big, a bunch of set pieces with characters that are moving around, you know? Right. Like, if it was just a 24-hour, like, it's trying to get off the planet. Like, if they were trying to get off the planet during the invasion, you know, and then the Jedi show up at the last second kind of thing. Like, they get the signal out for the Jedi to or something, you know? So yeah. it's more experiential. The minute he starts trying to, like, place actors and i think braveheart fucked george i think he felt like he had to make something like that you know well like, he he let he would put that like onto the ilm shoulders like i don't want to make that movie but you can do that in the background ilm 
Fair enough. Like that's that's not what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. And it, yeah, and um, so just now, um, I I couldn't not remember Bradford Young's name just now, and uh, because the arrival, somebody just said uh, Ginger Jingle said um, Ron Howard equals too dark and grimy color palette in Solo. It makes no sense. Was it his bad directing or a bad lighting crew? Well, ultimately, that was a choice by Bradford Young, who was making that choice for another group of directors. And then who continued on, and then Ron Howard takes the movie over, shit has to match. It it, it ultimately was usually too dark. And I I agree with you, like, 100% on the look of that movie. And when they went to do a lot of the reshoots, the sets looked cheap, so it looks dark and cheap sometimes. And it's just like, come on, you know? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't like Bradford Young does really good work. I don't know why that one doesn't work. Because Lawrence one... and John Kasdan wanted a drama. They mm-hmm. wrote the script and they wanted a drama. And they cast, you know, for some reason he got the Lego guys like Lawrence Kasdan picked them out the hat. And Bradford Young was chosen to add that dramatic, dark feel that they wanted and the tone of so that's why i said from the script from the beginning the tone of that whole project was off and no one was on the same page and i think the russos when they're like oh they're making this more cartoon i'm like no i think they got that solo is supposed to be more fun and they were putting that in the movie regardless and that's just and lawrence kazan's the real one when they go oh you know our Aaron, Aaron Alden Aaron Reich ratted him out. I'm like, Lawrence Kazan's the guy who fucking went to Kathy Kennedy and was like, Lawrence Kazan's the one who sort of ghost produced that project in a way. And so, like, yeah, there's, just, there, no, there's, there's the writers are on set for the Star Wars movies almost all the time. There's usually right. a writer like uh, Christopher McQuarrie. I had documents with Christopher McQuarrie being on set for Rogue One, like for most right. of it, for for not most of it, but for a lot of it. So yeah, it, so so he was probably there going like that's not how this, this, there was there was probably some of that stuff, but yeah, like I said, I heard well because Kathy even real, said Lawrence came to me cup. and said, you mm-hmm. know, I should maybe look at the dailies, and so then we went in. And, I mean, that's their own words. I mean, that's a, maybe some kayfabe to that, but like, I got it. That's all I got to go on, right? So yeah, it's most likely that. But that's what I'm saying. Like when you say Bradford Young's a brilliant director of photography had he had been the director of photography for um you know rise of skywalker rise of skywalker fucking stupid name but you know a more dramatic an appropriately dramatic film fine but sure it's just it's just weird the film's all over the place yeah yeah i mean i mean especially yeah it is it, it didn't match kg says i hated solo at first i wasn't sure why but it's grown, grown on me over the years yeah, my my thing with uh, I think if they had kept making Star Wars movies, if they hadn't slowed down so hard and pandemic and all that shit, um, I think I would be a lot, a lot keener on it. But we just like it, it kind of like it's it's like st- sat there, like being so prominent, and it doesn't really deserve it. But it doesn't really it doesn't deserve to be hated either. It just should have been a Star Wars movie that came out and we saw and we moved on and we kept getting stuff, but we stopped getting stuff. So it's just like, there it is, you know, and it's it's really weird. Um, I completely disagree with the whole make Solo 2 happen thing, though. I, I don't think that's the way to go. No. I think I think making a movie and bringing putting Han Solo in it is fine. It's perfectly fine. But um, also, I think that the um, 
um, what are the Lego guys' names? Um, Lord and Miller, right? Um, mm-hmm. They, I think they were going for like more of a. They, I think they wanted to do more of like a Marvel kind of thing with it, like a seventies Star Wars kind of kind of thing going with that. And then I think like this is what it should have been more of a seventies yeah. smoking in the bandit kind of fucking fun yeah. thing and yeah, not and, a dramatic World War One meets the the. Sergio Leone, you know, meets Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea meets, you know what I mean? Like, there's like four different fucking films in there, and it doesn't know which one it's trying to be at any given time. It's and and, and I'm going to be honest with you, there was like there was like things about that script that I sensed, and after Willow, I feel it really hard. <laughs> John Cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not I'm, a fan of his writing, man. I don't like yeah, it. I, I'm sorry. I. Yeah, at this point right now, I I'm nothing against him. You know what I mean? He seems like a nice person and stuff. But I'm a little bit like, sure. come on, like it's we need to get. I think I think he's done his stuff. So let's try. I don't have any th- any personal issue with and my Shyamalan. Unbreakable is like in my top five films of all time. Yeah. But I don't think Shyamalan should be writing Star Wars or Will. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh God, if we Kennedy had Kennedy was like a huge supporter of his career you know and it's like fucking this all happened in the wrong era you know oh god we would have had m night but m night did i believe write write a pass of uh, indiana jones that was turned down by them yeah thank god uh shogun says i think when you put star wars on a movie everything gets skewed an all right movie is seen as bad because it's not a masterpiece like star wars must have must always be yeah i know that's, yeah, but that's, part of that's, that's Lucas Films' problem when they, and this is predates Disney. When they, I told you, when you call your your product a saga every fucking time, and you're like in a generation, you know, like a generation, like no one, you know, like it's you either do that as a goof or if you take your shit real serious. So you know, Lucas already started that with, in my opinion, the marketing of the special editions, the special yeah. edition marketing sort of set everything up like this is. This is the this is real Hollywood coming back, you know, like, and then with the prequels, yeah. it was really biting into that fucking with the every letters gold, you know, chrome like <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. nothing like nothing flat and, and one color about it. It's all like airbrushed chrome letters and shit, you know, like like everything's like shiny gold, like it's a Trump fucking tower. I don't know, man. It's just they took it too serious. So yeah, it's just the way it is, man. Yeah, I mean. But we we can fix that ourselves if they don't. We can go and go. You know what? This is just a, a fun, fucking spaceman show. I watch and enjoy it. You know, or not, but not take it so fucking seriously. Like, like that's where I'm at with everything. That's where, like, my whole take on all of this has been: Hey, I got six movies I like, and I don't like. If the rest of the shit sucks, I'm fine. You know, but um, and I've had a good time. I've enjoyed myself. So. Colin Chaos says, "Fortunately, Solo is doing better on Disney Plus. Good for Ron Howard. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what that gets him. You know what I mean? I don't know how much that helps him, if at all. But you know, his daughter's rocking Star Wars right now, so that's cool." KG says, "M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong did some of my favorite movies." Uh, KG, me and my son, we were watching that movie old, and uh, it's like not good, but I liked it. You know, I was enjoying it. But there's this part where the lady goes. She is like, lady's obviously turning old. 
And she's all, I was in love once. His name was Jalipsy or something like that. I think I put it on the show. And me and my son just started fucking cracking up. It was like literally like the worst dialogue that could have went in that place. He found it and he did it. He's he's nuts. But um, hey, Mr. Murphy. He's, Mr. Murphy says, there's still a lot of that movie unfinished that we probably won't see. Mainly want to see the role um, Jeremy Blake, who was Masamita in the prequels. Or is that Jer- Jerome Blake? Who was Massimita in the prequels play, and played Michael K. Williams as an alien Dryden Voss? Yeah, I think uh, Voss was a cat. Um, back then, I got to see the archive of photos for Solo, a Star Wars story, before it changed. Like when, you know, in that fight sequence um, in the bar where you first meet L3. Um, Warwick Davis played Fight Droid 2 in the original version of that. I think things changed when Ron Howard's brother came in. But anyways, uh, there was like a regal cat. Like alien. And uh, I think that might have been Michael K. Williams' character. But unfortunately, I don't have that stuff. I just got to see it one night at a bar. So, As the truth says, Disney have announced Mando 3 trailer had 8.83.5 million views total. Kenobi attracted roughly 58 million. See that, that that's interesting. So that must be in total. Because we were um we were looking at the trailers today and like Kenobi still had more on like the main like the main released video. But the other thing about that is um it's not free. Those views aren't all free. And I can just tell you from personal experience that that's not the case because I did this show, went into my front room, got my Hungry Man TV dinner. Okay, that's a lie. I didn't have a Hungry Man TV dinner, but let's just pretend I did. I got my chicken fried steak and my little corn right here, and I turned on YouTube. And when I did, the very first ad when I went to watch a video was the Mando 3 trailer. And then the next five times I had an ad on YouTube, um, it was the Mando 3 trailer. So Disney's clearly dropping in some serious fucking money to get those ads played. And I think those count as views on the trailer. So in other words, Disney could go in theory, not that they did. And I'm not saying that, but buy 83 million views of the trailer and then say we had 83 million views um, because they literally forced me to watch it. And uh, I could, I could have skipped it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I, I, I was like, Hey, I'll watch it. I'll watch the one you bought me. You bought, you paid for Disney. I'll, I'll watch it. But so, so you're saying they didn't pay for Kenobi trailers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they would have. Well, what I'm, I'm not saying it like, I don't know what I'm saying. What I'm, what I, what I, what I mean <laughs> is Mando three is a bigger surefire investment for Disney than Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if I was in charge of Disney plus and we had like marketing movie money for the next two or three years and I was allocating money. I would definitely allocate more to Mando 3 because Grogu merch fucking sells. And there wasn't really a lot of opportunities in Kenobi that for stuff like that, you know, like things that they tried. They tried to get that comp, that CD wallet to fucking sell. Nobody wanted that shit, Lola. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it wasn't a Grogu. And uh, the Grogu thing is like, well, we have Grogu merch on the shelves right now. We have Grogu merch being created right now. And we have every single reason to want people to buy this stupid shit. So therefore, 
investing in the Mando 3 trailer is investing in selling your Grogu merch as well. So I, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if the marketing or if the budget on Mando 3 is way bigger because of the amount of money. And remember, these studios, how they do their funny accounting is they'll go and they'll make Mando for, you know, $120 million. Then they'll say it costs uh, $300 million to do it in the end because they paid themselves $150 million to market the movie or the show. Well, that's not just them, man. I've I've worked with the independent game that. publishers mm-hmm. who are like, oh, we'll fund your game for, let's say, 100 grand. You're like, oh, that's great. And we're going to charge you 50 to fucking market it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what do you mean you're charging me? 50? So, so you, my budget isn't 100. It's 50 grand. You know what I mean? And you're just like, what? You know? And they don't, they don't do shit. And you're like, you just took 50 grand. Like, where's the $50,000 of marketing? <laughs> well, that, that's, that, that's, that's what it was like, you know, like when I was in college, um, I worked at, you know, we had like a, a student union building and my job when I wasn't doing teaching stuff was working in an office and for, for like the, the student union and repro graphics was in our fucking building. They were up. But if I wanted to get a sign made, I had to pay repro graphics like they were a business. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, it's, I used to work in one of those print things at a college. So it's true. The yeah. real the real nightmare of that scenario, though, Jason, especially with those publishers, is that, yeah, so they take 30, 50 grand out of your $100,000 budget. But then what they do is say, oh, no, you still owe us the 100 grand. So we don't start paying you till we make 100 grand off the sales. So they're getting another 50 grand off the top from sales. And right? that's how that's how Bohemian Rhapsody never made money, but made a billion dollars. Right. That kind of stuff. Because they, exact... they, they claim $980 million in marketing budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and yeah. that's, and, and that's, that's what, I mean, to, to some extent, I, I could be wrong, but I expect that Disney plus is going to magically have this turnaround in numbers um, in the coming like year and content for content price and stuff like that. Because I think that they were just throwing a lot of shit at Disney plus that they weren't justifying and they were making it sound like Disney Plus is like this big money sink because because the idea was that Disney Plus was supposed to be a money sink at first. It was a big investment in in getting into the market, you know, carving out their market share. And um, so I kind of think that they probably were doing a lot of shit like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's how we see this turn around. There was a, a new article from uh, January 20th, 2023, which is today. Daisy Ridley shares Star Wars advice to female leads. It's important to tune out the stuff. I think she means the shit. Daisy, and this is, um, yeah, this is from Variety. Daisy Ridley became one of the Star Wars franchise's most prominent female actors when she took the role of Rey in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rey was the face of the final trilogy in the Star Wars saga, catapulting Ridley into into the global spotlight and forcing her to deal with toxic trolls who did not like the Star Wars franchise prioritizing her character. Does Ridley have any advice for female actors joining Star Wars universe? And she says, the world is a crazy place. Ridley said to Variety Studio presented by Audible at Sundance. Jesus Christ. It's important Jesus. to tune out that stuff. 
two major Did upcoming they win an iHeart Award too? Like, oh, sorry. Hey, hey, that's prestigious, bud. Um, two upcoming <laughs> two upcoming Star Wars series on Disney Plus are set to spotlight female characters in leading roles. Amanda Stenberg and is headlining The Acolyte, which boasts Leslie Headland as a showrunner, while Rosario Dawson is reprising her role of Ahsoka in an eponymous series. Not just with Star Wars, but with What's everything. What's an eponymous you... series mean? What's eponymous? Um, eponymous, like there's an, for instance, there's an REM record called Eponymous, and it was like odds and ends and remixes and stuff. Like, just that's kind of like the easiest way to explain the word without looking it up. But you know what? We live in the future. We can just right click yeah, on the word. And look yeah, it up. look that one up. I don't know what that means. I'm I'm stupid. Yeah, you are. Um. I know. Hold on. <laughs> are you able? Are you able to see the uh, the definition on the screen, or does it? Do I? Am I the one? No, I just it's still okay. highlighting eponymous. Okay, so eponymous, giving their name to something, the eponymous hero of a novel, a th- a thing named after a particular person, Roseanne's eponymous TV hit series. Oh wow! Okay. So that does not mean what I thought it meant. No, you didn't know that either. No, I thought it meant something else. That's why I looked yeah. it up, though, because I was kind of like maybe. So I don't all know. these shows are eponymous series, right? Andor's so an eponymous it's a, series. It's like titular. It's tit, yeah. You know what? You could say eponymous and not make me think of tits every time, guys. We solved it. All right. So not. I just, just thought with, we all should learn that fucking word. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not just with Star Wars, but with everything. You try it and be in out. the moment and enjoy what it is because life, life movies quickly. Does she just watch Ferris Bueller? <laughs> that it is literally what Ferris. If no, Ferris no. Bueller says, "You don't stop and take a look around every now and then," you know you're gonna miss it. Like my moves fast. Like yeah. she's just quoting Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I think it's a typo though. It says life. Amanda <laughs> um, Stenberg can handle herself. She's been working for a long time. I sat next to someone at the Wakanda Forever premiere, an executive, and they said the acolyte is amazing. It's okay, Ridley. We all go to the zoo sometimes. (laughs) And then she goes on to say, everyone knows how things are and how they can be, Ridley concluded. We're all living in that, with people saying more than than they need to and commenting more than they need to. It's so definitely the show. Find the good (laughs) in it and all and enjoy it. Um, Ridley is at Sundance this year with her film, Sometimes I Think About Dying, in which she plays a depressed cubicle worker who's shaken out of the doldrums okay we need to look up this word too doldrums oh that's a lucas word dold that's the the blues you got the blues the drills the the volcanoes of of inactivity stagnation or depression doldrum the blues doldrum i know that Um, one yeah doldrum if i was a drummer i mean i make my name like jason doldrum right honestly i don't know why that isn't a star wars character Uh, it should be it should be the drummer's name in jabba's palace um, of her life and a new office mate. I was very nervous, really said, about premiering the movie in Park City. I knew we made a good movie, but it was strange. When you know what's coming, it's like, how are people going to receive this? It was nerve-wracking for me because of the storyline is away from the last, so I hoped people would still be into it. And then that's that's. she realized most people are never going to see this film, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we 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 get her we get her back in uh, in a good non-forced in way that's really natural in the coming um i don't know the sequel sequel hey, trilogy quick what question before we go 
Yeah. Did we ever get like reviews of, of Ahmed Best's play with the VR helmet, all the AR stuff that he was doing? Like, remember we had him on and he was going to do that whole like. Yeah. Yeah, he no. was doing that whole like technology play. And did we ever, did you go? Did we ever get word on it? Like, no, the, the one night that I was, I was going to go, we had a COVID scare and I had to test. And then I was like, uh, so I was like, I'm not going to, I'm like, what if I go and I give Ahmed Best fucking COVID, you know? Yeah, I, I could have yeah. went. I could have went, but I. But in the end, I didn't have COVID. I went three years without getting COVID, and then I got COVID. But um, yeah. So I ended up, I ended up missing that window, that shot, you know. And then after that, my kids were sick, and I was like, "Well, do we have COVID?" And it's just saying no. And then no, we didn't have COVID. But anyways, yeah. But uh, all right, guys, we'll see everybody on Monday. If anything big happens over the weekend, which I highly doubt. Um, I will, uh, I'll jump back on and, uh, I will not Rob won't, but I will, I refuse. but everybody have a good weekend. Um, thank you to everyone for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat for supporting the show. What's up? Have an eponymous weekend. Have an eponymous weekend. What does that mean now? Now (laughs) It means have a you weekend. Oh, you're saying have a titular weekend. Have a Jason weekend. Have have a, (laughs) if you're Meg, have a Meg week, have an eponymous, have an eponymous titular weekend. Yes. Anyways, um, yeah, so be cool, stay in school, and then, all right, say bye, Rob. Yeah, bye, Rob. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! No, you should go. Come on, let's go. It's not about spaceships.